Cubs winning the World Series. Uh, not only did you uh, get to experience that, but you then got to write remarks, uh, which for any Chicago fan uh, to truly uh, relish in the fact that we made a president who is a Chicago White Sox fan uh, herald the Chicago Cubs uh, is a big deal. And I should add, as anyone doesn't know, that I am also a rabid Cubs fan, too. Uh, how many drafts did that one take for you to write uh, the Cubs victory speech? Was that one already on your computer, uh, ready to go? Uh, no, because it's not that I'm superstitious, but I, I, I'm not that crazy to to draft a Cubs World Series speech in advance. But I did start writing it that night. You know, I started taking notes. I was up till four in the morning uh, after Game Seven because um, I just couldn't sleep. I was so excited. I just started jotting down notes in the little notes app on my phone. But it wasn't a foregone conclusion that the Cubs would come to the World Series, to come to the White House. Um, and I had, I, you know, when I was when I'd been at the White House for four, five, six years, people would start asking, "How long are you going to stay? Are you actually going to stay all eight years?" And I would just kind of deflect by saying, "I'm going to stay until the Cubs win the World Series," uh, and then they did. Um, but it wasn't a foregone conclusion that they would come because typically a championship baseball team visits the following summer when they're in town to play the Nationals, and we said, "F that." You know, we're not that we're not going to let that happen. And, you know, the campaign was still going on for another week. So we didn't know if it was going to be uh, President Trump or President Clinton. Either way, we weren't going to give them the Cubs. We just we needed the Cubs. It was a difficult lift for a few reasons. One, you know, it's the offseason uh, and they all the players scatter on vacation. It's tough to corral them all Two, you know, the ownership of the team or is pretty conservative. Um, um and, but but we worked really hard. Uh, we we worked with Theo Epstein in his office, and we finally got the Cubs to agree to come um, on January. What would have been sixteenth, maybe it was. It was the Monday of our last week in office, and inauguration day was a Friday. Um, so the whole team came. Two players didn't make it, but <clears throat> I'd been writing this speech uh, for a couple months at this point. You know, just I was born in Wrigleyville, like literally. It was a seven block walk to the to the stadium. Um, so I knew what, the, what was going to be in this speech. And so I, I go up the morning of, and typically, you know, when a championship sports team visits the white house, we would keep the president's remarks to five, seven minutes tops. You know, he's got stuff to do. Um, he doesn't have all day to hang out with a, with a championship football team. I handed him a 25 minute speech and he looks at me. He's like, this is really long, man. And I said, just read it. Just read it. What else do you have to do? You know, it's our last week. People had already started checking out, you know, you, cause you can't have everybody, leave on the same day. So I think like a third of the White House was already gone. Um, and it basically ended up taking a few hours of his day. You know, we, the entire team gathered in the East Room first. The president came down to greet everybody. The first lady came, which had never happened before. She'd never come to a championship event, but she told the story about how she used to watch Cubs games sitting on her dad's lap. And I'm looking around and like Javi Baez is crying and, you know, all these big tough guys are choking up. Um, but it was awesome. We just got to mingle for a long time. We went into the state dining room. He gave the remarks. It was pretty rowdy. And then there was a reception afterwards in the blue room, uh, where the team just hung out. And I, I brought my parents, uh, to the white house. And so, you know, they're, I'm looking around, they're talking to David Ross, you know, they're talking to Anthony Rizzo. Um, and I actually kept in touch with a couple, uh, of the players and I, I've, I've helped one of them, um, with remarks since then. And they're just, they're just really, really great, great guys. And it was, it was a pretty special day. Hmm. Uh, any other interactions with Cub players that uh, that come to mind uh, from that from the uh, from the celebration at the White House? That uh, to any other stories from behind the scenes? Just how unfailingly kind they all were, and it was interesting because they had they had so many questions about Obama and the White House and the Beast and Air Force One, you know, and you you realize they're just 
you know, they're not, they're certainly not normal people. Uh, they're multimillionaire athletes, but, but just like any other, they ask the same questions that any American would. Um, one cool, uh, uh, story though, was, um, during the world series run. And I know you were at game seven. Uh, I did not make that one. I was at three, four and five at Wrigley field. It's all I could, it's all I could carve out. Cause we were on the campaign trail for, for Hillary. And I remember Obama at one point emailing being like, are you ever coming back, you know, to work? Um, so that's why I missed game six and seven, but, uh, I could write from the road. Um, but somewhere during the playoffs, Bill Murray visited the white house and I can't remember why. Um, there's a great Pete Souza shot of, of Obama and Bill Murray putting in the oval office, but, uh, he came by my office cause I, I had the big W flag, um, hanging on my door and he went up and signed it. He signed Bill Murray and he wrote 66 years. And I said, what's 66? He said, that's how long I've been waiting. Uh, it was pretty cool. Hmm. Well, good segue from Bill Murray into caddying. Uh, I'm a former looper, as are you. I'm just curious. Uh, tell me uh, your your favorite caddying story. A looper, you know, a caddy. Um, yeah, I had I had my best job and my worst job in high school. My best job was I worked at a hot dog cart, just slinging hot dogs all day. You're outside in the sun, making cash, talking to people. It was great. My worst job was caddying, um, and I did it. Uh, I did it a because I needed the money, but b you get to cat you get to golf for free on Mondays. So I spent, you know, summers in high school golfing every Monday, uh, and that was great. But you learn a lot about people when you're caddying, you know, especially at a, at a nice country club. And usually the, the biggest jerks um, were the most insecure people, and they were also the stingiest tippers, whereas the most generous tippers were um, sometimes the wealthiest people, but also like the, the most modest and, and comfortable in their own skin. And it taught me a lot about humanity, you know, you just look... I, I might as well be talking about President Trump here. I think the more insecure people uh, are often the loudest and the meanest uh, and the stingiest. And then the people who are most comfortable in their own skin, someone like Barack Obama, are, you know, kind of the quietest and uh, uh, most generous. Uh, so there were certain people I just despised caddying for. There was one one orthopedic surgeon in particular who's just kind of a flashy loudmouth. Uh, but there were some really nice people, too. Did you ever see anyone drive a cart up on the green? trying to remember. No, you did see a lot of bad behavior though. I saw those same, the same loudmouth people were often the ones who'd kick their balls when they didn't think anybody was looking. And I'd just be like, Hey man, you know, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't up to me to get involved there, but I would sometimes tell the person I was catting for, I was like, yo, uh, you know, Trump over there just kicked his ball for a better lie. If you want to go after him on it. What's your favorite Chicago deep dish pizza? Uh, I'm a Geno's East guy. Um, which I think is a, is a minority position, but it's, it's the cornmeal crust that makes it for me. I was actually born on Geno's East. My, I was a day or two late and my mom called the OBGYN. Um, and he said, just, he said, order uh Geno's East deep dish pepperoni and eat as much of it as you can yourself. And I promise you he'll come tomorrow. Uh, and I did. So it's, it's in my DNA. Uh, same question on Italian beef and a hot dog. Where do you go for, uh, for both of those when you're in town? Um, Wiener Circle for a hot dog. Usually Portillo's is a good dog too. Portillo's for beef. And they also, they ship nationwide. So if you, if you wanted to throw like a good Super Bowl party or something, you can plan in advance. Portillo's will send you the beef, the gravy, the buns, the jardinera, everything. It's awesome. All right. On that Chicago Chamber of Commerce note, we're going to bring this uh, conversation to a close. Cody Keenan, thank you so much for joining the Love Journalism Show. Darren, thanks, man. It was fun. (laughs) 